Welcome back to the Antiques Challenge. Uh, today we're, we're seeing whether this um, whether this contestant has uh, got something worthwhile from their their relics and old antiques. Uh, and introduce yourself and tell me what you've got with you today. Alright, my name's Noreen. I've got this uh, MP3 player. Um, I just wondered, like, roughly how much it'd be worth and stuff. Hmm. Well, an uh, MP3 player by itself doesn't seem particular. Oh, oh, well. Actually, this is quite exciting. Um, um, I, oh. I, I was going to write it off as just a general, general MP3 player, but it's stopped. It's stopped to the brim with episodes of queer and pleasant strangers. This is I. I'll offer you fifty thousand pounds for it. Sold. Sorted. Well, oh. uh, we'll be downloading copies of those. Ah. Yay! <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And Ooh. welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where a couple of queer trans ladies talk about our weeks, do some silly voices, do some skits, have a bit of a laugh. <laughs> How you doing this week? Um, I'm gassy. I ate too much curry yesterday and I've been farty oh. all day. I've been a bit farty all day today. I've been Yay. very sleepy today as well. I've had a very long week. Lots of spinach. Oh, you didn't have any spinach. What's I didn't your even, excuse? I don't know. The, the curry, <laughs> the curry, probably. Uh, I've had, I've had a long week, and I'm just oh. about alive today. I was very sleepy. Oh no! Did not get. I need more sleep because I did not yes. get any at the weekend. Stayed up all night with your awesome nerds. Indeed. Should we? Should we talk about that, or should we wait until? Let's talk about that. Tell me about that. Although uh, we'll talk about panels and yeah, we'll other talk things you've seen. We'll talk about some of the specifics. I went to Amicon, mm -hmm. which is an anime convention at Warwick University or University of Warwick. Uh, I went with my nerd friends. They are absolutely lovely people. What uh, I are. enjoy being nerds with. And I did not get much sleep. It was a lot of being drunk and partying and dancing the night away, making new friends, and it was a it was a good weekend. I did not get nearly enough sleep. I was very very sleepy. Very sleepy. I slept for about nine hours last night. I'm like, mm, I need more though. More. I'm gonna have a nap after this, <gasps> and. I'm going to need that because I'm recording way into the night tonight. Way into the I night. I need sleep. But yeah, Amicon was really lovely. Uh, yes. uh, we'll mention it later, but I got a chance to meet uh, Zaldera, who has, has sent us questions before. Mm. Uh, I found um, ooh, I found out that jelly tots are vegan. That was a thing I found out at Amicon. I still want to know what they use as a gelling agent. And yeah. why other people can't use that as well. Yeah, vegan gummy stuff, we've talked about this before. It's just never got the right consistency. It's but jelly tots do. And they don't have gelatin. And we can't work out what, how they make them gel. How do? How do? Tell this secret to all the people who make vegan gummies. That's... Yeah. So... With that out of the way, mm -hmm. shall we talk about what we've played? Um, yeah. What what have you played? Tell us, tell us, tell us. Um, well, I played a game in front of an audience at Amicon. I played How Sexily Can You Eat the Long Long Man? Long Long Man! So for anyone who's unaware, go on YouTube <laughs> Long Long Man commercial or advert. It's a series of adverts that I won't ruin how beautifully. I won't ruin how the end. The, <laughs> the the ending is beautiful and it completely flips the whole thing on its head. But it's a series of adverts about, on its face, a series Taffy. of 
They're basically some gummy sweets that come in short varieties and long varieties, and the titular lady of the adverts, she very much likes the long, long man with his long gummies, and and is a little bit obsessed with them. And, and her I've, other half is, is feeling a bit inadequate with, it, the, the with, shorter, his, with his short boys. Short boys. Oh yes, they're short boys. Are <laughs> yeah. they? Are they? So hang on. Just, are they gummy or that? Are they taffy? Like okay. like Mau they're, Am? They're 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 definitely not. They're more sort of like you know, kind of the foam layer of like a, you know, if you have like a Haribo gummy heart and they've got that foam layer. Okay. It's kind of almost like it's halfway between like a gelatin sweet and a foam sweet in texture, and it's oh. very heavily flavored. Because from the look at them, I assumed it would be like like a Mauam. No, it's it's kind of it's fluffier than a Mauam. It's more foamy than a Mauam. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's an odd texture. I've really enjoyed it. I don't know if they're vegan. I need to find that out. Because if so, I would get one. Because I think you dig the texture. You think I dig sticking sliding a long man down my throat? Oh yeah. So we I went to a panel at Amacon that was uh, run by a company called Tofu Cute that do a lot of. <gasps> I enjoy tofu. Yeah, they do very cute things and also Japanese sweets imports and things. I believe they've got a UK based branch mm-hmm. in Portsmouth or Plymouth or somewhere. It's a way to go, but yeah, indeed. But um, one of the things they did is they asked for some volunteers, and I got pulled up on stage <laughs> to sexually eat the long, long man and I in bet front you of did a it fantastically. cheering crowd. I I did my best job of just sexing up that long, long man. Um, so yeah, that that was that was the thing I did. What have you played this week? Well, I had a go at some PlayStation VR. You had a very brief go this evening. I didn't did. You? Um, that was interesting. You I have, liked the menus, they were pretty. You're having more of a go, I think, the day after we record this, we're probably yeah. going to so, do So some. Wednesday I'll probably do some more of that. I need to, to clean the lenses, firstly, because yeah. I don't know how you can see through that. I'm sitting there going, this is very fuzzy. This is it's, all very fuzzy and out of focus. Well, I found that, for some <laughs> reason, lifting them slightly higher up my head made them get into focus. Like, where they naturally felt like they should sit was out of focus. Ah. And I lifted them slightly further up my head and they, they focused. Oh, yeah. I, they, I mean, it didn't help that they are really, really smeary at the moment. Yes. We, I literally, I, I set them up today, and like you were getting home as I was setting it up, and I sort of threw it on your head without much planning. I was like, do or, a luge. Or tying back of hair. Yes. Getting um, a luge down a road. So we did, what was that? Um, v, PlayStation VR Worlds? Yes. Uh, PlayStation VR Worlds, which is just a sort of compilation of demos. You, you watched the, the sort of room where all the demos were around you, and like, ooh, pretty. The menu was fun. I enjoyed poking them all. Yes. Sort of poking the menu balls. <laughs> I, I pokeballed. Yeah. I did this, not catch anything. This was your first experience with VR. It was. I've, I've never even tried a virtuality headset like from back in the 90s. So. Yeah. How did you find just being in Oof. that demo room, that um, big the, sort of coliseum room? It was... Um, the, it's really interesting. Initially, I thought it was a little bit weird because like there is... Uh, well, no, actually, going back before that, you had um, the... From, menu for volume loaded oh yes and i it was weird because it's it's a small ish room but bigger than the room that we had it in <laughs> it was similarly lighted so again like it was it was a weird transition to go from i am sitting in our bedroom on the end of our bed to i am now sitting in an empty office building with some servers behind About me the same size and i can hear you speaking but you are not physically where i am looking at you and the floor is at about the right height for where i'm sitting and it's 
I felt like a, like a weird disconnect with it's, everything. It's weirdly easier when the room is completely different to where yeah. you are. Like when you're in that giant yeah. coliseum, it's easier to. The giant coliseum the really wasn't a problem, and then yeah. maybe it was the fact that at that point I already had the thing on my head, and I sort of you know sat through while you you loaded the new thing. <laughs> um, the the one I was going to suggest for you to maybe try tomorrow that's similarly like a very big space like much bigger than the actual space mm. you'll be in is one where you're sort of in a diving cage and you're being lowered into the water and it's basically just like hey look at all the fish and we're going to try and investigate a sunken ship and things Ooh. and no it's plastic a, bags floating by. no plastic bags Yay. floating by you see lots of nice fish and things and it's a very good one for getting your brain used to oh, I'm in this ludicrously large space that I'm not actually in. Mm. But, yeah, VR's weird, isn't it? Um, I've I've found the luge thing a little bit... (laughs) Motion-sicky? I don't know if I would describe it as motion-sicky, but I I had a weird sense of movement with it. Yeah, it... But I... It takes a little practice to get Mm. used to, because your brain kind of freaks out at, like, it looks like I'm moving, but I'm not feeling myself move. What is this what nonsense? What do? And I, I've already got really messed up in inner ears anyway, yeah. so like I, I'm probably going to struggle with that a bit anyway. But yeah, yeah interested, interested to play more. Well, Looking forward to Resident Evil 7. The, the ones I think <laughs> you'd get on well with, with your inner ear stuff, is mm-hmm. there's a lot of games where you're either in a stationary position, so things like being in the cockpit of a flight ship, or being in yeah. a chair or things like that, where you sort of do things from there. Yeah. All the ones where, in order to move around an environment, you sort of point and teleport. Yeah. That Because you sort of hop from place to place, it doesn't mm. confuse your brain so much with movement. Okay. So I've got some that I think would work well for you, mm. but we sort of just jumped in and were like, well, I can, I'll try a thing. I'd be interested to try something like a roller coaster or something. I can, I can 100% set you up with a VR roller coaster to try. Because um, it's it's the one they always do with like three D glasses and things like, and you can always usually always spot a three D film because it will have the roller coaster scene. Yeah, I'm going to show off the three D. Well, I can it's still shit. I can I can give you a roller coaster to try. It, it's, it'll confuse your brain. <laughs> will I be able to see the Poke Cola from from the roller coaster? She can try. Um, yeah, I play, I messed around a little bit this afternoon with PSVR while mm-hmm. setting it up. Um, played some volume. I played. Uh, we played a minute or so of volume. It, volume in VR. It's kind of like a board game board floating in front of you or something. Sort of like a a weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a miniature. It it was weird to try and see from a flat two D image what you were looking at. It was very yeah. confusing. Hmm. Um. I played a bit of uh, the London Heist, oh, which yeah. is one of the things in PlayStation VR worlds, where you sort of have to go steal a diamond, and oh no, you uh, you get entangled up with the mob. I really like that one. It's a lot of fun. I think you would enjoy it. Mm. And we've got the one with the mouse, Moss, the little mouse that does sign language, which will be... I watched um, Ellen Rose playing that on the... Yes. Uh... Outside Extra channel, and, and that looked really sweet. Yeah, it's, it's adorable. It's like a platformer that you are in the world, but you're not the character. Like, the character is existing in this little play box with you. You are a giant looking down upon the world, helping a tiny mouse friend. Yeah, so we've got, we've got some fun stuff to mess around with, and oh. I'm sure next week's Played is probably going to be like, we played lots and lots of 3D. We played lots of VR. VR. 
Yeah. Uh, Did you play anything else? Um, I've been playing a buttock ton of uh, Pool Panic. Oh, yes. How is that going? Um, there's a lot to it. Uh, I spent most of any, probably a day, an evening or so, just sat down playing Pool Panic, and I've got maybe halfway through the main just... campaign. But I, I've then gone. Sort of to the, the as you as basically as you go through you you raise this tower in the center up yeah. more, um, and it's good that you don't seem to have to have like a hundred percent at each level mm. to get that. You just have to this, have done the level. This is the pool game where the pool balls have legs and arms and faces, yep. and it's weird and silly. Mm-hmm. And some of some of the the like the orange ones are sneaky little shit bags and they would sort of just slide out of the way. They'll do a little electric slide to one side. <laughs> uh just as you're about to hit them and then you'll have like the green ones that look sort of like goalies. So if you pot a ball towards them, they'll try and rescue it from the pot. <laughs> um you've got I think it's angry blue balls. <laughs> um and they'll sort of if they're in sort of stress mode when you hit them, rather than knocking them, they will just leap up in the air and then smash back down, Ooh. knocking any balls, including yourself, like further backwards. Oh. Um, then there's sort of some fun little sort of slightly storyish bits to it. Like you walk through a, a like a, a forest area, and there's some some logging going on, and you can sort of it's like some of the levels will involve um, like making trees fall down so that you can disconnect the balls that had been trying to save the trees um, that had chained themselves to it. So you just rotate them round and round and round the tree until the tree falls over and you can disconnect them and pop them in the pocket. Oh, that sounds mean! I know, it's not very me at all. It's not environmentally conscious at all, but the fact that sort of the worlds that you're in will interact with that and um, mm. it's like a farmy bit and there's one level where you, you've got like a... looks like some kind of cat thing or... Tasmanian devil <laughs> that sort of runs around in the, in the long corn and you have to do uh, like a line across the corn to make sort of some of it sort of fall down and you sort of narrow down less and less and less of the corn until eventually it all falls down and you can try and pop the ball <laughs> but um yeah it's really good fun um I think it starts off with something like 106 levels and you slowly sort of find them and unlock more and that causes this tower in the middle to unlock which unlocks like bonus levels. Yeah. I've just unlocked a bit. I think it's like the third or fourth um, sort of bonus bit up that tower, and um, it seems to have an almost uh, Super Mario World style like alternate version. Huh. But it's like hard mode, so you'll be doing the same levels, but they will be considerably freaking harder. <laughs> um, so potentially you can do. Uh, what over two hundred levels at that point if you count them as new levels. Oh wow! There's a lot of content. It's it's quite fun. It's very charming. Yeah. Um, sometimes a little bit frustrating. Uh, there's been a couple where I've been like, you did seventy eight attempts at potting all the balls <laughs> of a par uh, of a par of like six or seven. <laughs> there's also a mini golf section in it, which is quite weird. Um, but it does feel a little bit mini golfy in in some ways as well. So, but but yeah, it's 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 lots of good fun. Nice. Oh, what about you? Uh, I got to play a couple of uh, demos for things at a press oh. event, so I can talk about. I'm going to talk about like three demos pretty quickly back to back. There's one called Strange Brigade, which is like 1920s 
English, like, ah, see here, the British chaps are off to go do the thing. Sort of, um, very Left for Dead-ish co-op shooter. Um, it's a lot of British people from the 1920s in basically Africa going and short shooting all the, all the, all the African zombies. <laughs> Um, that sounds it's, problematic it's, as fuck. I've not seen enough of the story to know if that's the case. One of the people in the team is an African woman. Um, I have not had a chance to play it in co-op either. I only got to play it in single player. It feels like a very polished, um, like, basically Left 4 Dead clone. Um, mm. The humour generally seemed amusing, but it's like, I am just watching out for like, is this going to make fun of the idea of of turn of the century British colonialists, colonialists. or yeah. is it going to portray them as mm, evil colonialists? Yeah, I don't know what's what stance it's going to take. So like, mechanically, it's good. Um, the the more you shoot people, you fill up a gauge. You can do like a super move, which is quite cool. Mm. You can upgrade your guns with like. Gems that make it do things like, oh, I recover some health when I headshot someone and things oh. like that. Ah, it seemed interesting. I didn't get to see a great amount of it. Mm. Um, another one I didn't get to see a great amount of was a game called The Occupation. It is a sort of stealth game where you're trying to break into an office to get, like, evidence. Basically, the government have been doing something bad to the people, and you're a female journalist that's like... I'm gonna break in and get proof of this and tell the world that like the government's fucking them over. This is a, that, um, this is a story about you going out of games journalism into sort of more traditional journalism. Tra- tra- traditional journalism. I could see the look on your face looking like, for a word. What is like, the word? You, you, I could see you trying not to say real journalism. No, I wasn't. I, I wasn't not trying to say real journalism. I was like, I don't know what the word is, but it's non-games journalism. Yes, journalism of a more. Mm, Real world variety, um, but yeah, it it was an in- happen in the so real world. It it was an interesting enough little game that it had things like um, every time you were physically interacting with stuff, you had to like let's say you wanted to open a door, you'd have mm-hmm. to hold down the interact button and then move the analog stick to like pull the door open or push okay, it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it like it had a so nice... sort of Resident Evil, the sort of the newer Resident yeah. Evil have that sort of you can slam the door open or just sort of push it. Yes, style. it it didn't mechanically make any difference, but it just gave kind of a nice momentum to moving. Yeah, you things like leaning around corners felt really nice. You could, mm-hmm. if you were crouching and you went near to a table that was slightly lower than your crouch, it would automatically crouch the little bit lower so you could oh, get onto okay. the table. Mechanically, it's really nice. Mm. And visually, it's quite polished. But... The problem is, <laughs> I couldn't get through this demo. I tr- oh. I tried this demo four times through, okay. and every single time I encountered a different, like game-ending progression-halting bug. Oh, that's um, not ready for display yet. I suppose y- mm. visually, maybe you. So here's I'll go through what sort of things were happening. Mm. The first time I played it. I had to punch in buttons on a keypad, mm-hmm. and the place where I had to have like the pointer pointed to select a number was miles away from the actual keypad itself. It was Oops. it was like not lining up with the numbers on the keypad the uh, first time whoop. round, which made it very hard, if not impossible, to put the numbers in properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I fell through a floor the next time I did it and ended up in an impossible to escape behind the bounds area. 
Really? Um, I kind of skipped reading a bit. Like, the third time through, I'd already like done this keypad thing before. I knew the code for it, so I put mm. the code in. And then as I was going down later, I was like, oh, I'll just read the piece of paper that had the uh, the code number on. And it locked the game because I'd read the code after inputting the code. And it was like, no, no, that's not the order. You read this, then you put it in. And the game locked up. Um, it was all problems like this. It So you were playtesting for them, essentially? Basically. And this is a press event for a game that is like two months away from launch. And I'm oh, like, well, I mean, I'm hmm. not sure those are... When when your demo is like twenty minutes max, mm. and mm, I made four attempts at it and couldn't get more than ten minutes in each time. Mm. Well, I wish it's, I wish them luck with getting it fixed. It's an <laughs> it's an interesting looking game. Like things that I found really interesting about it. Mm-hmm. One of the things very early on is you steal someone else's keycard to start getting into this facility, mm-hmm. and while there were no moral choices to make here, there was an interesting internal dialogue from the main character about like, hey, I'm breaking in using this person's keycard. They're if I get out of here successfully, they're probably gonna take the fall for me. Mm. And I have no idea who this person is. Maybe they deserve to get in trouble, maybe they don't. Like, Ooh. is it morally right for like I'm trying to do the best thing for the country, but an individual might take the blame for my crime doing well, so. Well if they're working for the, the fascist oh. overlords in the first place. They, it was a security guard or something. Like they may have no idea. They're just like oh, I'm just working a security job. They might have no idea what the government's doing mm. that's bad. Yeah. It it was like it was an interesting thing that was posed. Mm. It was like I like I like what this game's trying to ask. Mm. I'm just concerned about the state it's in right now. Mm. Um, and the last one I played very quickly was I got to play some Overcooked 2. Ooh. Uh, I hear played... you can throw food across each other, the room to each other now. Yes, yeah, so you've played the first Overcooked, haven't no. you? No. <laughs> no, okay. So for anyone who's not done it, Overcooked is a co-op multiplayer cooking game where basically orders come in at the top of the screen and you have to run around this like frantic, cramped kitchen trying to get the ingredients, put them in the places, make the orders and get them out. And There's... sometimes the kitchen changes shape. Indeed. There's not really enough space to do anything, and you're frantically running around trying to do it all while things silly things happen. Sometimes bits of the kitchen will be suddenly blocked off to you, so you yes. can't exactly. get around. But now that the fact that you can throw ingredients at each other, I imagine yeah. that makes them... Potentially it, a bit easier, or potentially just a chance more, to make more, more chaotic. Mess. Yes. So yes, the main difference with Overcooked too. There's a lot of new uh, kitchens in which to try and cook things. Uh, you can now throw plates of food, which is great if you land it and get it there. You can maybe take some shortcuts, but if you miss, you might break things or drop mm. things. Um, I played quite a fun level where you were on like three moving like hot air balloons. Oh. And, like, one half of the hot air balloons had some of the ingredients and some of the cooking materials, and the other balloon had the other bits of preparation and the other material, the other ingredients, and we were trying to, like, run around and, like, throw bits of meal from hot air balloon to hot air balloon, and there's a third hot air balloon, like, floating back and forth between the two that you can put cleaned ferry. plates or oh. finished meals on and, like, ferry them back and forth, oh. but, like, that moves very slowly... So it was a lot of like time and management mm. and chaotically trying to go like, well, what do you need? Uh, okay, I'll do that. Th- throw it over. Uh. Lots of open communication lines. <laughs> a lot. Of, 
shouting at each other. It's a lot of shouting at each other and not paying enough attention to each other and <laughs> everything goes wrong and you get a very low score, but it was a lot of fun along the way. Yeah. It's a silly little game. I want to pick it up. It, it seems a lot of fun. Do it. It's... It seems in a good state. I'm excited to pick that up next month. Mm, yeah. What about you? Have you played anything else? Uh, yeah, I have been playing a little bit of The Lion Song. To be fair, it was a bit late in the day for me. Um, I think this might have actually been last Tuesday after recording Quirps. Oh, You'd gone for your nap. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was just before you went away to Amicon. Ah. Um, you had gone up to bed early for Slep, and I lay on the couch playing Lion Song. And fell asleep several times. It's I've not started it yet, but as I understand, it's a series of like small point and click story things. Uh, uh, well, what I've encountered so far isn't even a point and click. It's just an interactive um, book, really. Um, okay. Everything I've encountered so far has been entirely sort of like there's barely any choices. Maybe some little uh, dialogue points. And at the end of it, it'll be like, hey, you did this, but 78% of people didn't do that. Ooh. Ooh. Um, and I did... Um, I ba- Basically, you start off as a, a, a musician. They've been charged to go and, and create a new piece of music. They're uh, having some sort of whatever the or- or- orchestral equivalent of writer's block is. Possibly still writer's block. And um and you're sort of sent away to to the mountains and and your uh, publicist or agent or whatever has decided uh, in their infinite and pushy wisdom that although they know that you're suffering with writer's block they're going to put on a a concert at the end of the week and you're going to present this new thing um, um, and there's going to be loads of very well to do important so just putting um, a lot of pressure on you huge amount of pressure best and, thing to do when you've got writer's block yeah so and i can't remember it's it's i think it's slightly pre-world war Two. Yeah, early twentieth century Austria, apparently. Yeah, and um, you you get a, a phone call randomly from somebody who's just like randomly dialed a number, and um, with only four digits, <laughs> and and they're like, "Oh, I, I'm too nervous to to call um, this family member," and you you can if you want to, you can randomly start telling this stranger on the phone about your life. Um, And me being me, you know, I'm just like, no, I don't know you. I'm not telling you about me. (laughs) Get off the thing. And then like the phone can ring again later on. But as you can have, you can have conversations and that will sort of promote more like, hey, I I had a thought about Hmm. something related to the music because there's there's a few points where you're like, "Um, this is a distraction. Shall I go and sort it out? So you go and sort the thing out. Um... And then you'll like read all of the books in the bookcase over the over the course of the week, and they'll be like, "Hey, all oh, this reminds me that uh, sometimes the music should go up, and then sometimes it should go back down again." And slowly getting little hints of melody and and hints yeah. of sort of the uh, sort of lines and things. It sounds quite sweet. Um, I've only pleasant. played the first chapter, um, yeah. and and I don't really know where it's going. The the graphics are okay. They're a weird sort of almost. Um, EGA dithered colour thing. Yeah, like, like I'm looking at that. 16 bit. 16 yeah. Bit. It's, it's an it's interesting. It's very brown. It's very brown. brown. Many shades brown, red, brown. yellow. A lot of yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah, looking at this descriptive thing they gave us about the game, 
they do describe them as point and click stories, but apparently that's selling it a bit much. Well, um, may- maybe as you get on through chapters, but I've only done the yeah. first chapter, so. So yeah, all all the four different stories in it are all about different artists and scientists oh. that are all having the innate struggle of genius and and blah blah blah. Oh. Um, I'm gonna give it a look at some point. Occasionally, Definitely. like I like narrative things. I'm not too the fussed about nice. the lack of gameplay. Actually, if you like the music, we have the soundtrack on CD. Nice. So I'm excited to hear this music after I've played the game. I don't want to ruin it for myself. Mm. Yeah, you played anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. I've not really had a lot of chance. What about you? Ah, not much else for me because I've, you know, been away. You've been at, away. At the convention. Mm. So then. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actisoft. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, hi. So, um... We're, uh, you, you might know that we're uh, looking to uh, acquire another studio so that we can become Electronic Active Softworks. Uh, oh, yes, yes. So uh, t- talk me through this plan. How, how are we um, hoping that this acquisition will help? Are you, uh, are, is the plan that um, by acquiring new studios we can release more games and better games because we got more oh, uh, stuff? Oh, and... God, no. No, oh, no, oh, no. God, not, thank not, God not. Not at all, not at all. Um... Uh, so basically, we we don't like the competition, and and we feel that if people are enjoying good games, uh, any kind of a single player experience, any of that, they're they're really being separated from what is core to our business. These uh, online services that we sell, people aren't going to buy our loot boxes if they're really enjoying some indie piece of shit that's that's absolutely fantastic, lorded by all of these uh, all of these reviewers and the, the games journalists. You know, games with high Metacritic scores. You know, we're releasing buggy pieces of crap, and no one's going to want to play those if some indie developers come along. So I suggest we just keep buying anyone who makes any kind of vaguely good game. We'll keep them in-house for a little while. We'll break their will so they'll never want to make another video game ever again, and then we'll just completely dissolve the studio, making them all poor and homeless. And and, and, and I think that's just just perfect for our business model. My god, you're a genius. I know. Thank you. We let's get into this right away. Go, go, go. Buy all studios. Have you heard about our new wonder product that just fixes absolutely everything you've got going on? I haven't. Please help me. So, our new product, it, uh, what, what does it do? What doesn't it do? It leaves you feeling refreshed. <gasps> it allows you to pass time in the blink of an eye. Wow! It's comfortable. <gasps> it's a great way to function during the day accurately. Yay! It's sleep. How do I get sleep? You lie down in a bed and hope that your brain lets you. Morning, sometimes sleep may not work. You may not actually be able to get to sleep. You may not be able to get to sleep at all. You may be suffering from something. People are suffering from something. You may not be able to get to sleep. So why not try sleep today? It'll cure all that ails you. Well, what have you watched this week? Watched? What have I watched? What have I watched? I'll send you what I've watched as soon as I find the page where I wrote down what I watched. I can tell you a thing we watched. We watched some more Full Metal Alchemist. We did. We've been watching a lot of that recently. We've been watching a lot of Brotherhood. We're sort of powering through it. Mm. How are you feeling about it at the moment? I'm still enjoying it. Um, I think we've got now definitely to stuff that I don't remember from the original series. Yeah, we're currently in a very snowy place that definitely didn't come up in the original show. Yeah, we haven't seen the White Walkers yet, though. (laughs) I... 
We did have one thing that came up the other day where there was a character that had been brought up very early in Brotherhood and then not been relevant for a long time and then popped up again. Mm-hmm. Where it was like, we, you had a bit of a, fuck is that? Yeah. It, it, it didn't do a great job of, of keeping that character in mind as an important person. No, not at all. Um, like you sort of piece together, like, oh, oh, that's who that is. I was is. like, oh, that person. Yeah, yeah, I get you, I get you, I get you. Yeah. Um, but generally, like, it's definitely, like, it's getting to the point where it's, like, it's branching its narrative quite a lot. That it be. That that very big character that showed up in the last episode we watched don't think ever showed up in the original. No, I don't think so. I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, well she watched... Um, I've been watching more of those uh, Twin Peaks uh, theory <laughs> videos. I oh, watched yes. the um, pilot episode of Final Space, which you mentioned last week. Oh, how did you find that? Um, it was um quite quite it, well. It gives you some big spoilers for the uh. Yeah, don't watch it before the main series. No. Or watch it and then wait three years to watch the main series, like I did, because <laughs> then you forget the thing that happened in the pilot. Um, from the same creator, though, I watched uh, The Lion's Blaze, mm-hmm. which is about some people who are seemingly literally inside a video game, okay. um, and a sort of a sort of fantasy game, and the NPC, the way they interact with the NPCs is quite funny. At one point, the shop is literally on fire, the whole town's being attacked by a dragon, <laughs> And the shop shopkeeper's like, I have these potions here. <laughs> and I was like, you're literally on fire. <laughs> <laughs> having having gone back and watched that that final space pilot, it did give me a good sense of like, oh, I see why this got picked up. Like, mm. it did a good job of selling the idea of that show. Yeah, I think. and and having watched a lot more stuff on that channel now, like that. That guy is really like a good he's, storyteller. He's very he good. He does like over the top drama yeah. very well. He's very good at mixing drama and comedy together, and he's very good at mm. getting you engrossed in the way he tells his talks about his worlds. Yes, you kind of just want to follow him along and like I, I don't I don't know what you're doing, but I'm interested. Oh. Definitely, he's a, he's a good creative person. Yeah, I I look forward to seeing more seeing more of uh, Alan Rogers stuff and hope yeah. that we have no milkshake duck. Let's hope not. I, I did have a Google around today. I couldn't find anything, so that's hopefully that's, that's the case. Um, did you watch anything else? Oh, I watched some things. Um, at at Amicon, I watched mm-hmm. a panel that was the. Uh, a group called the Adventure Bastards, who you can find recordings of their their panels on YouTube. Oh. This was a sort of um, tabletop role playing group set uh, who are four female players with their male DM who oh. do a series of adventures in nineteen twenties America, but it's all very um, oh what eldritch! It's all sort of eldritch monsters that they have to go and deal with. Very slightly Lovecraftian. Lovecraftian, that's the word I'm looking for. It's it's a very Lovecraftian, eldritch horror of the week adventure series. Hopefully uh, less racist. Yes, um, <laughs> definitely less racist. Yay. But it was it was about an hour and a half long. This panel, um, mm-hmm. and they've got recordings of all their panels up on YouTube. They okay. they don't update terribly regularly. Apparently, it's every couple of months they'll do one, but. Yeah. 
yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, these mm-hmm. four women were on a mission to steal a pocket watch from a fancy owner of a, a big fancy house. Uh, at one point, one of the players tried to convince this 1920s big house owner that she was his time-travelling daughter, mm-hmm. which was an interesting attempt at trying to solve a problem. Yeah. Um, I won't spoil the, the eldritch horror that came up, but it was quite fun. Cool. I, I can recommend the Adventure Bastards. They were quite fun. I might have to give that a look. Yeah, I need to go back and see some more of their things. There's clearly, like, some existing backstory, but it's, like, it's easy enough that you can jump into the newest one and go... I can understand roughly what's going on and pick it up as I go. So oh. I had no trouble jumping into just a random episode that they did at a, a show, and it was a lot of fun. Oh. What about you? Um, well, I basically sat on Alan Rogers' um, YouTube channel just to see what was in there. <laughs> um, I watched uh, another short cartoon uh, called A Rob and Detective Boy. Okay. Uh, that is about a boy who builds or repairs a robot and they have adventures and then something happens and the, the boy grows up and is old and sad and because because robot friend died, saving the city at least, if not the town, uh, yeah. if not the world, and... and, and yeah. That sounds really powerful and sombre. It, it is. Much like Final Space, it's quite sad in places, oh. but like, again, this like big action, 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 action stuff. And, and just another quite quick one off that was um, Pop Rocket, yeah. which is a, a live action, but the it's got like proper, really good special effects in it. So I'm oh. guessing uh, somebody in that team is, is a damn good uh, visual effects artist. Because there's sort of like laser guns and um, flying ships and things, lots of explosions, and lots of very sort of dramatic conversations about things that are sometimes a little bit silly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was quite a weird little one. I think I, I need to go down the rabbit hole of that YouTube channel. Worth a look. Uh, definitely worth a look. What about you? Were you any others? Um, I saw some more panels because I went to a, pa- a, a convention. There's a lot of panels there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a fan fiction panel. I don't know who the, what the actual name of the woman who ran it was, because it was listed as being run by Miss Dementia, Ra- Dementia Raven, the, the person who did My Immortal, that notoriously terrible fan fiction. Oh. The one about the, like Evanescence. No, no, the the <laughs> goth vampire, the, the goth, the 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 fan my, fiction. Yes, the fan fiction. So she sort of the person running the panel was cosplaying as the writer of that <laughs> fan fiction, reading that fan fiction out in a good dramatic manner. <laughs> she then went and read a bunch of like very silly fan fictions that she'd found online. She ended the panel with one of her own terribly bad fan fictions she'd written age 17. It was beautiful. My favourite takeaways from that panel were the fan fiction about Hagrid having sex with Dobby that was called Your Eyes Are Bigger Than Uranus. Um, which was terrifying. That was a thing. And um, the Superman fan fiction that talked about um, coming faster than a speeding bullet... Well, that answers that age-old question. Yeah, uh, it was it was an amusing panel. It had oh. a good mix of audience participation and and silliness, and it was a lot of fun. Oh. What about you? That's all me done. It's all you now. Only you I, can say. I us. think that's about all I've seen, really. The proles are getting restless. You wouldn't give rights to a shovel.
dangerous ideas are starting to spread around. And that's how socialism and communism start to rear their heads. You wouldn't pay a living wage to a cog. Obscenely wealthy people are at risk of making slightly less money. If you suspect grassroots people-powered movements of taking off in your industry, call the Federation for the Abolition of Socialists and Communists in Society today. That's 0345-327-2478. That's 0345 Fascist. You wouldn't unionize a car. Oi, you can't cosplay that character. You're, you're, you're black and that character's supposed to be white. I've read all the mangas and I know, I know. Hello, it's the cosplay police here. Arrest them! Their skin's the wrong colour to be playing that character. No, 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 I think you've got this confused. Um, I'm actually here for you. But, 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 my cosplay isn't 100% accurate. 100% accurate. I made absolutely sure. Yes, it is. But also, you're a bit of an arsehole. Cosplay is here for people to have fun, and you're clearly just shitting on people who are having a lot of fun doing things the way they want to do them. So, off to cosplay jail with you. I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> So, what have you listened to? Well, I've, I've been I've been having a sort of a light week for listening, really. Light week for everything. It's been busy. Um, I started listening to a or a listened to a podcast because somebody tagged us <laughs> on Twitter um, called "The Sister Getting Out of Hand." We 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 got mentioned on that. We got mentioned. They they. They, they, we got mentioned. They did one of our voices and acknowledged. They stole our voices. They acknowledged us as the original, the Sherry Lady voice. It was just not actually true because although we do, do the Sherry Lady yeah, voice, I'm sure it came from somewhere. Um, well, from? I used to work, and someone mentioned that it was. Uh, it sounded remarkably like Kinjin Bracket, which was. <laughs> um, what was it, 1960s, 70s, sort of British oh, variety? I, I won't pretend that we originated the voice. No, but, no, but no. But this was brought it back into the popular culture of the moment. I think we certainly have done. It's almost high since bouquet. I think, we, I think we're the only people that currently does it on such a regular basis. I would admit also, no, I could be wrong. Thank you. Um, I've listened to about five five episodes of that so far. Um, it's good. Yeah. It's, it's lots of trans people talking about trans stuff and the cis being out of hand. <laughs> and sometimes this is being good. Yeah. Occasionally. Very rarely. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if, if you fancy a bit of sort of trans led uh, podcast, that's always nice. Trans and non binary people. <laughs> what about you? Uh, so a lot of what I listened to this week was um, my friend Ellie put Ooh. together a, a, a playlist of music on Spotify Ooh. for uh, all of us that were going to the convention called The Ultimate Convention Playlist. And I'm just going to, to rattle off a couple of songs from here because mm -hmm. it's, it's a very interesting playlist. So there were some, some very meme -y songs on there, such as Show Me Your Genitals, a song that is sung in the character of a stereotypically man-man, singing about how women are only useful for their genitals. And it's kind of... It's kind of funny in that it clearly, like, isn't meant to be taken seriously. Uh, I think at one point there's the line, women are only good for three things, cooking, cleaning, and vaginas. And ultimately this oh, this protagonist... Indeed. the Ultimately the song is, like, very much... 
you're meant to see this guy as a stupid, ignorant, misogynist asshole. Uh, like, see, I didn't realise it was supposed to be a joke. I just no, took it as yet another person who thinks. No, that... it's it's very much like the things he says. By the end, it's like, okay, you're clearly an idiot, fucking asshole, man. And yes, that's exactly how I took it. Indeed, <laughs> um, rather than a aha a parody of an asshole. Yes. Um, is All Star on there? Uh, I think it is. Uh, let's have a look. We've got Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. Which Danger is, Zone. It's just just a proper good bop. Uh, we had some songs from anime. We had uh, You Only Live Once from Yuri on Ice. Uh, Genghis Khan by Mike Snow, but Mike has two eyes. You might have seen the the video for this was quite well known for a while. It's like a James Bond-esque... The villain's trying to hit him with lasers and he's trying to escape. And in the end, James Bond and the villain end up making out. It's a very cute video to this very catchy song. Uh, I'll throw another one out. Girls Like Girls, which we've mentioned before by Hayley Kiyoko, which is just a really good heckin' gay lesbian-y... Ah, fucking... Girl, gay girls lesbian-y. are nice, aren't they? Oh, Heck. They song. What about you? You got any other listens? Uh, yeah, I... I um, the, in the last two weekends I've been down to Brighton to go and see a friend who I helped move out on, on um, Sunday morning. This is the one we saw the other week. Yes. Um, they, and they, they, they were playing a, um, a mix... Like I think we played it three times last weekend, at least once this weekend. <laughs> um, there's a track on there called "I Remember." It's by uh, Dead Mouse Five or Dead Mouse and um, Cas and Cascade. Mm-hmm. Quite nice, quite upbeat. A uh, bit of trance, if you fancy a bit of trance. It's a good track, that one. Yeah. Uh, I'll throw another couple from the convention playlist. Uh, Fighting Dreamers, which was one of the early Naruto opening tracks, because we're all trash that like Naruto. Uh, the Caramel Dancing, because you've got to have that on an anime convention playlist. It's a terrible, terrible track. Are you unaware of the Caramel Dancing? Yes. Okay, about a decade ago, it was like very popular with like 15-year-olds going to conventions. Ah, it, so a decade ago, it, I wasn't 15. It was It was very, like, <laughs> it's very poppy and upbeat, and the video was just like a bunch <laughs> of like computerized anime girls doing like a weird flappy oh, hand yeah. dance. It's... It, a certain era of anime fan will be very, very aware of it, and oh, yeah. it's now sort of we were listening to it mainly to laugh at like, oh gosh, oh gosh, us. No, no, no. I'll make a man out of you from Mulan. Ah, yeah, yeah. Which is just a good thing to sing along to. Uh, Nickelback photograph because we're meme trash. Look at this graph. Look at this graph. Uh, we had "You're Welcome" from Moana. That that's a good track. What about you? You got any other tracks? Uh, Max NRG. All our word. Uh, M-A-X-N-R-G. Uh, Hide Away Your Heart. It's, um, the, the lyrics aren't, like, super positive, but it's got a really nice dirty bass, some really <laughs> nice beats. Um, yeah, it's really good. I like it. E- even if the, you might sort of think, this is not a terribly healthy relationship you're describing. <laughs> But um, I, I hope that they sorted things out with some stompy, stompy drum and bass. And even if not, good day bass. Damn good tune. Apparently, like, the lyrics are taken from another song called Stay, which I am not aware of. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, we had Bye 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 by NSYNC, which is just good and, and bounce to. It's also good if you've got bisexuals in your friend group who are like, hee hee hee, bye bye bye. Uh, we had Kenny Loggins Footloose. Which of is, course. Again, good for a good stomp. Uh, 
Everybody, Backstreet's back. Everybody, yeah. Mm. A back Girl by Gwen Stefani. That's it's got a surprisingly good beat to it for such a terrible song. Is that just two women screaming at each other? Ah, well, I will holler back. Ah, uh, Witch Doctor by Cartoons. O a o r. Ting Tang, Bling Bling Bang. Ah, we had the time warp. Oof. Five, six, seven, eight by steps. Five, six, seven, eight. My room didn't pay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we, uh, yeah. What, what, have you got anything else when you listened? Oh, that's me done. Okay, I'll throw out a couple more. We had some Lonely Island, uh, Mother Lover, and Dick in a Box. Both quite, quite fun to sing along to. Uh, we had the fucking Crazy Frog on our playlist because. A Darude Sandstorm. Which came up during this week's absolutely exceptional dice funk, I might add. Yes, it did. I'm it very al- glad things went well. <laughs> it also got played during one of the uh, the nights out we went to at Amicon, one of the uh, the dance nights. It came on at just the right moment that I was <laughs> mm, I was ready for a dance, and that came on. It's a good like, one to stomp to, but you very rarely hear it played out. Yes. Yeah. It's uh we uh we had all mouth all star smash mouth, uh we had okay last one I'm gonna mention we had the kazoo kid trap remix have I shown you the kazoo kid I don't believe so it's an eighties there's this eighties video about a kid that just wants to be your friend and teach you to play kazoo and it's just really heartwarming and a bit silly and someone made it into a song and it's quite heartwarming. Mm-hmm. After I show you the kazoo kid, he, this kid from the 80s, he's on Twitter now, and he just tells people that he's like, yes, you're still my very special friend. And it's a really heartwarming Twitter account. Mm. So, yeah. It was just a bunch of, like, anime stuff and terrible, terrible things. We had pen, pineapple, apple pen, stuff like that. It was an interesting weekend. I think that gives a decent enough overview of what I listened to. Actually, one more. It's coming up. It's coming up. It's coming up. It's there. It's a song by the gorillas that we sang a lot of this weekend. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, is that everything we've listened to? I think that's everything we've listened to, Ringo. Right, well, how about this? Dilly too exciting let's turn mm. that down hello and welcome to gray peter it's gray peter because blue was too exciting mm. this week on gray peter we won't be a making anything but we might think about other people making things as long as that doesn't get us too excited today we did have planned a guest from the firework factory to teach us about fireworks. However, we thought that was a little too exciting, so instead we have a politician with us today. Hello, politician. Hello, I'm here to talk about the very important red tape. Yes, um, 
Um, could we replace that with grey tape, please? Red is a little exciting for our um, audience. But we've always called it red tape, and we're I'm a Tory. We don't do change, you oh, know. No. <laughs> okay, our guest is going to have. Our, go- the guest is, our guest is going to have to leave now because they were a little too exciting. Now remember, if you have a boring story, send it to us, and you might win a grey Peter badge. It's kind of just a magnet. There's a bit of a grey circle. We do enjoy grey circles. Yeah. But not too much. Not too many. We wouldn't want to get terribly excited. No. If you seem too eager to get one, we're not going to send you one. Until next time, this has been Grey Peter. Slow down, slow down. I'm sorry. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, yeah. So, what are we discussing today? So, so, we run, we run the movie board, and we recently came into acquisition of a bunch of sort of children's properties from a couple of decades ago, and I'm thinking that. You know, we've recently seen a lot of success with gritty adult reboots, so I think we take these children's properties and we 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 make them into gritty adult reboots because then the kids that remember them, who've now grown up to adults, sure, they'll still appeal to them because they're adults now. So, where do we start? My first suggestion, um, the Clangers. You know those little uh, moon moon little creatures. Large, uh, do, 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 yeah, yeah. No, so they're not they're not about friendship or anything anymore. Um, no, no. They're trying to overtake Earth. I'm picturing them, you know, it's not like, yay, the Clangers, it's a, the Clangers. It's, it's, it's a horror space franchise. Oh, I like this idea. So they'll have, like, particle energy weapons and things like that, and they'll, they'll just, like, be shooting at all the people and... Take that motherfucker. Exactly. That could be the sound of the guns, is the Clanger noise. That's awesome. Like a sort of like a slide whistle gun. I, exactly. I like the sound of that. I like so, the sound of that. What so, else? Uh, we got the magic roundabout. We have the license to that. And I'm thinking it's a magic roundabout. A lot of people they're they're going to be tempted to use it. It's magic. You, you right, go. Right, you want to yeah, get your yes. spells. It it's actually it's kind of like one of those uh, devil's wish things where uh, you use the magic roundabout trying to get your wish and, and the monkey twists, paw thing. Yeah, monkey yeah, paw yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to twist your your wish into some kind of evil, horrible, twisted version. It's it's a horror franchise. Excellent, uh, excellent. Like about... Zebedee could just be flying down from the air and just beheading people, things exactly. like that. Exactly. It's it's about the, 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 the evils of greed, and if you want to just, like, magic something into existence, you know that's a bad thing, and you're going to get punished excellent, excellent. for your greed. Yeah, you nice. got any ideas? Yeah, Feynman Sam, gritty reboot. He's he's got post traumatic stress disorder. He was involved in a really nasty backdraft, um, and and uh, he's 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 really struggling. But it's it's about getting him back into the fire service in the in the small town that he, he's in, and and probably something uh, you know something about that weird Italian woman, you know, and I, and maybe they're in some sort of huge gritty love triangle. I've I've got a twist for you. I've got sure, a twist sure. for you. So on top of all this, Fireman Sam, 
he's actually started setting fires himself. He's got a little too addicted to the thrill of being the hero and like, you know, the thrill he gets from saving people. That's so he started genius. he started setting fires himself so that he could put them out. He's he gets caught out eventually. He's, you know, too he's too good at fighting these fires. He shows up earlier than he's supposed to and they cotton on and it, it ends up being his downfall. I think I think I think we got some we got some good stuff to work with here. Are you ready for us to, to move our, our, our studio in this direction? Absolutely, absolutely. I'll be sending suitcases of money over to the studio later today. I think we should definitely get moving on some of these. Particularly interested in perhaps uh one of those slide whistle guns, if we could have those uh R and D in uh, uh, I'll see, I'll see what we can do. Um before we go I am going to see if we can turn the tweenies into some kind of gangster movie. Right, let's get on it. Question time. Stuff questions. Questions? Yes. What ones we got? Um, Dyspraxidory44 would like to know, if Jane and Laura were to fuse Steven Universe style, what colour hair would the fusion be? Uh, what do you... I think we'd just get, like, a bluish green, because green is already yellow and blue, and I've got blue hair, so we'd just kind of go darker green, I think? I quite like the idea that we'd have green roots and, and like, blue uh, or turquoise ends. Ooh, I'm into that. I can go with that. Or maybe, like, entirely blue with, like, a green, almost, uh, like, Bride of Frankenstein stripe down it. I, I, I can go for either of those options. Yeah. What other questions we got? Uh, Becky Toothill would like to know thoughts on why people keep up with the notion of adding those obsolete little pocket watch pocket pockets on every pair of jeans made in our lifetime. Do you want to go first? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a conspiracy by Big Pocket Watch. They're, like, funneling money to gene manufacturers. Um, but, you know, I think it's not a, a very well-organised conspiracy uh, because they're spending all the money on, on pocket watch bribes rather than actually producing pocket watches to sell to people who have the pockets to store them in. It's a condom pocket. It is, in fact, a condom it's pocket. It's a condom pocket. <laughs> you shouldn't keep them in your wallet because no. bad things can happen. Yeah, condom pocket. Condom pocket. Fasten the human eye. <laughs> um, Zaldera... Uh, would like to know how how was your Amicon? Uh, and it was it was it was very nice meeting you briefly on the first day. It was very nice to meet Zaldera as well. Uh, it was very nice to meet them. They were a little behind me in the queue, and then oh. we found each other. It was lovely to say hi. Uh, um, yeah, my Amicon was really good. Mm. I spent four days very drunk, mm. being very silly with me friends. Uh, mm. Had a had a good dance. Stayed out very late. Randomly complimenting nice people. Yeah, I I was I was in the kind of night out mood where I just wanted to go up to people and go, your outfit's really nice. Oh, you're really cute. Oh, did you have that accessory on the other day? Oh, it's really nice. And I made some friends doing that. And you wore some awesome cosplays. You look uh, great as Diva. Oh, I liked... I, my Diva was good. I did a lapis Futaba. for a bit. Um, I did Futaba from Persona 5. I like. I very much like the lapis dress. You look good yeah. in the lapis dress. I, I really enjoyed my wigs this weekend. And I took... I, my selfie game was on point. I looked, Your wig game was on point? I felt, selfie I felt game was on very point. good about my, my pictures and my selfies you this week. You were maximum cute. I'm yeah. Honest. It, it was basically just four days getting very day drunk and having a silly laugh at, like... <laughs> Sex fan fiction and anime boobs. <laughs> anime boobs. Yeah, there was a point where we went and saw a panel and just cheered every time we saw boobs. It was great. <laughs> I imagine that probably makes it slightly less awkward to have a room full of people 
watching porn. It's, if everyone's cheering randomly. If everyone's boobs. cheering randomly when we see boobs, we're all like clapping as it's like. Ah, ah, there we go. Ah, there they go. Yeah. Uh, there's a person with a sock puppet of. Uh, what was it? Was Mr. It- Something the one one eyed um, wax. It was Krusty the one eyed wax sock that was throwing out sweets to the audience when we cheered Ooh. for boobs. It was uh, there was a woman in her pajamas running the panel that drank half a bottle of whiskey straight while running the panel. It was like Christmas. It was a great time. Goodness. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Gallagher would like to know why does it seem like uh, still seem like Cartoon Network uh, wants to kill off uh, Steven Universe? Because the wrong people are buying the toys. I don't, I don't know. I don't think they are. I, I don't think they would have given them the movie if they were trying to kill it off. Uh, mm. But I do feel like the, the movie might be the end of things. My, I'm kind of okay with that. Here's the thing. like, I, I still feel that they're not fully behind it because like, if you look at every other show that network does, they do proper season runs. And Steven Universe still can't get a proper release schedule. And I'm like, something is going on with that show. Uh. Like, it's I, too gay. I think it is just a case of they are worried about the backlash if it completely is if it is actually cancelled, but they do not want to put the proper resources behind it to fund it properly, and it's just stuck in this weird limbo. And they're like, we have to finish it, but we don't want to put the money into finishing it. I think whatever happens with the movie and stuff, I think as long as they finish the story that's certainly been built yeah. up over the last couple of seasons. If we finish I think as long as we get that, if we get I'll be happy con- with it. Well, the thing is is we're definitely powering towards there like now that okay, it's been a few weeks. I like, skip a forward 30 ahead. seconds if you don't want to hear this, but now that we have seen all the diamonds, we're getting to a point where this show can reach its end game. Yeah. And like I think the diamond story is the end game that we basically need to deal with is like Hey, sort out Homeworld so that they don't keep doing what they've been doing. Yeah. And I hope whatever else happens, like the the Steven Universe team are still employed, and I hope Rebecca Sugar does more oh, gay as fuck stuff. Guaranteed, when Steven Universe ends, she's Rebecca Sugar is gonna get snapped up. Like yeah. she's gonna have no problem finding like her next gig. Are they using she her? Anymore? Because I know they came out as non-binary recently. Uh, oh yes, you are correct. They did recently come out as non-binary. So I don't I believe... know if there was any mention of pronouns. But... I'm not sure, but I, uh, to be safe, I will use they, them. So yes. I I don't think that they will have any trouble getting snapped up. Hmm. Yeah. This good. Uh, right. Uh, Lucy Nevins would like to know, if you were a professional wrestler, what would be your finisher? What would your finisher be called? Uh, the... Butt bounce. I bounce them out with my butt. So I hit them out of the ring. I butt, butt bounce them. What about you? Um, I think mine would be the look, TM. <laughs> uh, is it bad that I already know what this look is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I would, uh, I would just glare at them in a, a slightly menacing and domly fashion until they, uh, <laughs> until they just submitted and and left the ring and and, and accepted you'd, that I was ultimately victorious. So you'd give the look, and within seconds they'd just be like, "Okay, you win." I give up. I give up the game. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm my, sorry, I try to fight you. You have the title. I'll go up the ladder and hand it to you. It belongs <laughs> to you. You are the best. Yeah. <laughs> That's my answer. Uh, Paul Evans would like to know, what is your favourite hidden gaming gem? Uh, I had an answer for this. I've completely forgotten. Do you have an answer for this? I don't know if you'd call it hidden, but I'm a massive fan of We Love Katamari, and I know that wasn't super popular. 
Yeah. I, I would like to play more categorizing games, but I don't know if we have a system that plays them. Oh, I think the last one came out on the 360, and I've checked the compatibility list, and uh, I think it's Beautiful Katamari. It isn't on the uh, Xbox One compatibility list. Is so. there a PC one? The closest the PC has ever got to it was uh, a game called um, Wonderful End of the World. Oh, yes, I played that. Which is... Not as good. It's not as good. It's much more short and and it's not rolling we can up. Probably, we could probably ball. get a PS2 one. Are there PS2 Katamari games? Uh, there was. There was Wheel of Katamari and I believe Katamari Down the Sea, but I think that only came out in Japan. We could probably get a, a working Katamari game because yeah. we got a PS2. Do we? Well, yeah. I recently sold my, my PS2 with it uh, because <laughs> um, I just wanted to get rid of my PS2. Uh, it was uh, storing up space. The, and... the, the tech box near our TV downstairs, there's a PS2 in it. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I th- I've played through We Love Katamari so many times. Uh, what I really want is just, like, a new Katamari yes. game. Uh, in terms of, like, a recent one, yeah. Battle Chef Brigade. Everyone sleeps on that game. It's amazing. Battleship Brigade is like game of the year for me for last year. I've popped into the, the eShop several times with the intent of buying it. And every time I look at the images and go, you know, I'm, I'm just not being sold on this. I've, I've got it on my Switch. No, just you do. Like, just boot up one of the other accounts on my Switch and play it. Right, i try that. Give it a go. Mm. Uh, Jason Woodley Lee would like to know, if Epic Rack Battles... If Epic Rack rap battles of history uh, were to come back, what figures would you want to see battle and who would you like to portray them? Oh, what a tough question. Do you have an answer for this? I do. I thought about this long enough. (laughs) Um, I would like to see Isaac Watts versus Eleanor Fenn. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Isaac Watts wrote uh, hymns and, and, and a book about logic called Logic. Uh, it was influenced by the empiricists and yet was somehow devoutly, devoutly religious and wrote over 750 hymns. Oh. Um, and Eleanor Fenn, who I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago where I, I got one of my middle names from, who was a children's author, uh, focusing on sort of toys and games and emphasised uh, conversation with children and advocated for children-centred learning. Heck, I would like to see them played by Boy in a Band and Ellen Rose. Oh, <laughs> see, I've not worked out who I would want to play them, but I kind of want to see an epic rap battle of history between the current Pope and uh, Laura Jane Grace. I just think <laughs> it would be amusing to be like the most overly like strictly religious person possible against just like punk, trans punk. <laughs> I am everything you hate. Yeah, and I I don't know who I would want to play them, but that's my answer. Uh, what questions we got? Uh, would like to know: Given a time machine with five uses, how well do you think you do at Ooh. manipulating time to your own ends? I didn't know we only had five uses. You didn't mention that when you practiced the question. Uh, do you want to answer first because you've had time on this? Um, I would attempt to uh, gain funds, uh, build uh, a, a solid foundation for a socialist society or, or anarcho-communism, uh, and distribute uh, so much that the super wealthy uh, become completely irrelevant, destroy capitalism, and hopefully have a Star trek styly uh, utopian future. Uh, but in the 90s. As opposed to the 23rd century? <laughs> I'm, we're going to get messages about that. That's the wrong century for Star Trek. I'm sorry. Uh, 
So yeah, we were, we were talking about this downstairs. Uh, the suggestion of just go back and invest in Microsoft and Apple. Mm. Just, just get a nice de- nest egg going. Just, just get like enough money that I can slowly redistribute all the wealth until money means nothing. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, goodness. I, I think I think like it would be very I'd be very hard pressed not to use it to just get journalistic scoops. Just like wait a couple of years, find out what like three like you know the next big thing in gaming is, and just like be be there to leak it at just the right moment to be like aha I am the genius. Nice. Just like manipulate my way up to the top of the career ladder. Mm. Go and go and do the interviews. Oh, before you've already done them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you hopefully you'll have some sort of paradoxical uh, cushioning on on your time machine that'll stop that causing an issue. Indeed. Uh, Kia Anderson would like to know: Would you rather hug Mooncake from Final Space or Lion from Steven Universe? I had an answer for this. You do. I think that Lion would be a more cuddly hug if. Lion was interested in the hug, and as we know from Steven Universe, even with Steven, Lion is a cat. Yeah, Lion's a cat. Not super reliable in like, yeah, I'll cuddle you. Mm. Whereas I think Mooncake would be like totally up for hugs. Yeah, and like, and he's also very defensive. So yeah, and as someone that just like loves to hug a good like balloon every Mm. now and then, Mm. I think Mooncake would be a good like hug a balloon size and consistency. And I kind of wonder if perhaps you could learn to speak Mooncake's language. Yeah, because it is an adorable little. Whereas Lion seems to be more like, or just sort of sleepy noises. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna go Mooncake. <laughs> That's a good one. I think I will too go Mooncake <laughs> for those reasons. Um, Jason Lee, what's your favourite example of a person uh, whose material you succe- whose whose material uh, you liked and they successfully changed their tone completely? Mm. So my answer for this is my chemical romance. Um. I think that from the Black Parade album to Danger Days, they completely changed their sound and their style, and I very much enjoyed them before and after that stylistic change. What about you? I genuinely don't have an answer to this, because I can't think of anyone that's changed for the better. Um, actually, I have another answer for this. Panic at the Disco, I think, have genuinely like changed style for the better. I think that their current music is better than the things that got me into that band. Mm. So yeah, got any other questions? Uh, number one monster kisser would like to know what is your ideal hamburger encounter. Um, it's I I don't know how to answer this question because I don't know quite what it's asking. Uh, you have an answer for this, and then I'll I'll answer in a minute. Um, well, my ideal hamburger encounter, I guess I would be, like, just a bit over-leveled, and then I could kill it really easily, and hopefully I'd get some good loot uh, that I could either use myself, or if it's not vegan, maybe trade it in town to, like, one of the merchants for a couple uh, of GP. I'm going to talk about my best time I had eating a ha- like eating a burger that it was in the past of like a time I went and ate a burger and the burger was great but so was the experience of going there was a really good burger place in Bournemouth I believe it's called Seven Bone where it's got like sort of a <laughs> slightly speakeasy slightly punky aesthetic um, inside it's it feels like the kind of place that you expect someone like in a like with tattoos and a leather jacket with piercings to show up to. Um, it's got really good like sense of music and just like really nice ambience, and their burgers are absolutely delicious. Um, they have a really good buttermilk chicken barbecue hash brown burger. 
in a sort of brioche bun that was like, mmm, best burger I've ever had. Um, they also have alcoholic milkshakes, which are very good. They do a, uh, what, what's it called? Snick, uh, Snickers in a Twist. Um, where it's a sort of chocolate, peanut, caramel, um, and whiskey um, milkshake. It's really good. No. So yeah, that that mm. was my favourite past hamburger encounter. It wasn't get... a hamburger, it was a chicken burger, but... Well, well there we go. See, neither of us particularly like the, the, the hammered burger. I did have a good hammered burger at the weekend. It was it was good. It, it had some spicy coating on it. It mm. had some barbecue sauce and some chilli. And there was, this, nice. like, those onion rings that have, like, the diced onion in them, as opposed mm. to, like, the whole ring of onion yeah. in the burger. It was it was a good, good burger. I like an onion ring. I like both types of onion ring. But sometimes when you have the, the whole ring of onion in, in the mm. thing, you'll bite into it and you'll be left with a handful of batter and this a bit I, of onion this dangling is why greasily I don't in like your face. That type. I um, like them. They have their time and place, but I, they're not. I very much prefer prefer the diced ones. Mm. That's good. Any more questions? That's all of them. But I think if I'm gonna just answer generally, but bur- actual burgers, <laughs> um, the Iceland Noble Burger. Oh, those are good. Uh, in a bagel. Yeah. With um, like four onion rings, maybe, and some uh, mozzarella cheese. That like is grated and then yeah. covered in uh, like sweet chili sauce. That that noble burger is my f- by far my favorite vegan burger that we've had. It, it is, is a bit weird how it bleeds, but yeah, it, it is a very very good vegan burger. Mm. Highly recommended. And sometimes they're only a pound for two. Heck, mm. that's it. That's all we got. That's all we got. So we do the outro now. <gasps> Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Hello, Larry. How's it going? Ah, doing all right, Barry. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not totally happy with that intro, but we'll see how it goes. It's all right. It's all right. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> so, how, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm not too bad. You know, my... Uh... My partner's been away for a couple of months uh, doing some some aid work uh, uh, over in uh, somewhere. <laughs> she's, uh, she's, uh, she's away doing some aid work overseas. My, my, my partner's been uh, away for a while doing a bit of uh, a bit of aid work, you know, uh, helping build, you know, wells and schools and, and affordable housing for people. And, and you know, I've, I've not really had any physical contact with anyone for a while, you know, because... Oh. It's just not a thing that men really do. Oh, it's all right. You're right. I found I found out there's actually a really good solution to this. Um, yeah. I was sit, I, I was talking to some other friends the other day. You yeah. know what's really good for that? Normalised platonic friend dogs. I mean, that would probably do the thing. Yeah, should we, yeah. Give, we give it a go? Give it yeah, a go. Yeah, Let's give it a go. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty right, this, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... Yeah. It's... it's it, I... I, I yeah, I... It's uncommon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, like, here's, here's the thing. I, what I was being told is apparently, if you if you if you just like have a hug with someone for like what's it like twenty seconds or so, it gets your brain released a bunch of chemicals. Feel really good, like the, the, the oxytocin, the old yeah, yeah, yeah. chemical. It's, yeah. it's your brain chemicals what make you feel good. Yeah, it, like hugs are proper good, and like yeah. it, it's not normalised to do it in friends, but like. It's proper good as you give your friend a hug. Yeah, you know, yeah. Have a proper hug between friends. Doesn't have to be romantic or nothing. Exactly. You, know. you can just, you know, go, 
Oaks feel good. They release good brain chemicals. Yeah. We good friends. Let's let's do this good thing for each other. Let's boost each other's mood. Well, like um, I've noticed that women hug each other quite a lot. So uh, you know, I have to wonder if what is it that that men have decided that that's not a thing that that uh, we should be doing. Well, I think I think honestly, it all comes down to homophobia, doesn't it? It's a fear of. Of hugs being seen as romantic and and not wanting to be seen as lot as 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 homosexual. It's, it's it's homophobic fear really, and the sort of way it's drilled in here. Yeah, you know, fear of being seen as soft and whatnot. But you know, this is the problem: is we you get the sort of like half second that man friend hug, you sort of do the pat on the back, but you've got to give it a proper few seconds of contact. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to do nothing. He's got to hit double digits at least to really to really make it worth anything. Although yeah, I'm 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 aware of situations where in in. Uh, the sort of countries across the world where it is more of a, a cultural thing that men men do hug. Yeah. So I, I wonder if it isn't sort of just a sort of Western toxic masculinity type thing. That's, it, that's I reckon that. probably good part of it is that. Yeah, but well, it's, ter- it's a terrible shame because yeah. I, I think touch is very important. You know, yeah. it, can, it, it can mean the difference between a, a, a degree of depression. You know, you can really lift someone up with, with a good hug. Well, like, I was living alone for a while yeah. and like it really did dampen my mood to not have that sort of uh, contact in my yeah. life. Yeah. Before that, I was in a relationship, wasn't getting a great deal of contact, really, did, you know, took my mood down. Yeah. Start having proper contact with people, yeah. whether it's with friends or with partners, it really does make a difference. Well, you know, maybe, maybe we should make this a thing, you know, we'll, 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 we will hug as a greet and perhaps we can, we can normalise it and... Um, and spread that, yeah. you know, to to some of our, our other, you know, uh, male friends or, or or even female friends who were concerned about, uh, yeah. you know, platonic issues. Exactly, and even if this was in some kind of audio medium where people were listening in and wouldn't be able to see it, I think few, from now on, pe- that those people would have to know we're starting every one of our conversations with a proper good hug. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think good. yeah. That's a good hug. Just that's another good hug. That's it. I'm I'm off. But go on, one more hug before yeah, we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's proper good, isn't it? It it really is. I do. I definitely feel a lot better after this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, see you later. Yeah. yeah see 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 you later. Larry. See yeah. Have a good one. See ya. <laughs> Is this a bit where you talk or do I talk? I can't remember who does this bit. Where can we find you during the week? Oh, me. You can find me at Laura Gables, pretty much everywhere. Laura Gables on Twitter, Laura Gables on YouTube, Laura Gables on Twitch occasionally, uh, Laura Gables, Laura Gables. You can also find me at kotaku.co.uk, Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. You can find me on Dice Funk, uh, the D&D podcast. I'm on Seasons three in season four season three i turn up about eight episodes in i very highly recommend episode season three i'm very proud of it season four is coming up towards its end so if you start listening now you'll probably sort of be at toward the end just as we get there mm-hmm. um yes what about you i can be found uh on uh stonemonkeyradio.blog uh generous magnet on soundcloud I'm twitch.tv slash janiac where I recently played some Two Point Hospital so if you want to see that before it comes out there it's all been uploaded to my YouTube channel uh, I can also be found on YouTube as Maniac Janiac and Twitter as Maniac Janiac and that's all the places that I am so until next time be a stranger <laughs> <laughs>